Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thankful and grateful Amen. this afternoon, yes. Spirit of God, we are thankful, O oh God, that you have given us another opportunity, Lord, yes. to hear your word. Yes. Lord, we pray that you give us understanding. Yes. Lord, we pray that you minister to our hearts. Yes. Holy Spirit, I avail myself just as a vessel. Lord, let this not be of man's wisdom. But I pray, O oh God, that it will be the engrafted word of God which is able to change our souls. Father, transform our minds. Save our souls. In the name of Jesus. Change our way of thinking. Father, let us not live here with the same mindset. But may we live here different people. We thank you, Spirit of God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence here. As your word goes forth, may it heal us. May you restore us. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Well, this afternoon, I want to share a very simple message with you. I want to share with you the word of God is your light. The word of God is your light. Hallelujah. The word of God is your light. Amen. The word of God is your light. Hallelujah. And I believe um, God is going to speak to us this afternoon. So let me have your attention for a few minutes and we'll be done. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that the word of God is a light? Yes, the word of God is a light. You know, the word of God is the manual, the manual for life, for the human life. The word of God is the manual for the human life. Eric, how are you? I have not spoken to you since you came back. At this, um, it's good to see you, Eric. Hallelujah. The word of God is a manual for the human life. Hallelujah. God created man and he gave us a manual by which we shall live. Amen? Amen? You know, the Bible is the only book. The Bible is the only book that has something to say about every aspect of the human life. Wow. The Bible is the only book 
that has something to say about every aspect of the human life. Hallelujah. From the time you are even conceived, or before you are even conceived, to the time you are conceived. Are you listening to me? Yes. I said the Bible has something to say about every aspect and every stage of your life. Before you were conceived, the time you were conceived, when you were born, and the stages that you go through as a child, become a mid-adult or teenager, until you become an adult, and even when you die, and after death, it has something to say about your life after death. Only the Bible. I say, only the Bible. Hallelujah. There is no other book. There is no other book that can tell you about your life before you were conceived. There is no other book. Only the Bible. There is no other book that can tell you about life after death, life from after this life. There is no other book. Matter, there is no other book that will tell your life from before you were conceived to after your death. But the Bible has something to say. So it's a manual that God wrote for us. God gave us this manual for our lives. Amen. Amen. You know, look at preconception, for instance. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. A lot of you, you came out as a, it wasn't part of the plan. Somebody wanted to have fun and then boom, you are here. What to do with you? You know, but you were not an accident. How many of you agree with me that Solomon was not an accident? Solomon was not an accident. So you are not an accident. He said, before you were formed, I knew thee. Hallelujah. Before you were formed, I knew thee. And then conception. Look at the second part. Conception. First, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, and before, he said, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, before you came forth, that means you were in the womb. And even there, when you were conceived in the womb, he said, I sanctify thee. I sanctify thee. I set you apart. I made you special. Hallelujah. So you are not an accident at all. He says, I sanctify thee and ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. You are not an accident. God knew your preconception time. And he knew your conception. He knew you as a fetus. He knew you when you were in your mother's womb. Hallelujah. You are not like anybody else. He says, I sanctify thee, even in the womb. I sanctify thee. Amen. He says, you in particular, you, you, you. Point to your neighbor and say, you, you. You are the one God is talking about. Hallelujah. He says, you in particular, you in particular, I sanctify thee. I set thee apart. And then he says in Psalm 139 and verse 13 to 14, he says, you are fearfully, fearfully and wonderfully made. You, you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have no idea. You have no idea. Amen. 
I said the word of God is your light. The word of God is your light. The word of God is your light every stage of your life. He says, you were fearfully and wonderfully. Let's read Psalm 139. Psalm 139 and verse 13. It says, for thou hast possessed my reins. That means you have possessed my, my skeletal form. My, when I was nothing, when it was just skeletal, when it were just the bones. He says, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Do you see how God was particular about you even in the womb? And in verse 14, he says, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul writeth well. Knoweth you very well. Your soul should know God very well. Amen. Amen. Your soul should know God very well. Hallelujah. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God was particular about you. Hallelujah. Are you seeing the stages we are talking about? So you realize that you, in particular, are not the same as this person. So, what worked for Rose does not necessarily mean that it will work for grace. Hallelujah. Because you were sanctified, fearfully, wonderfully made. You were not an accident. Just because you are two females does not mean that you are the same. And what works for one does not necessarily mean that it will work for the other. Hallelujah. That's not necessarily mean that it will work for you also. So if I were you, I will pursue, I will pursue the manual that has something to say about me. I will not look at grace and I will not look at rose, what they are doing to copy my life, but I will go to the source because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am different from this person. And I will go to the one who made me, the one who knew me before my conception, the one who knew me during my conception, the one who knew my reins and covered me in my mother's womb, the one who sanctified me. I will go to him and pursue his word and find out what he has to say about me in particular. Amen. That is what I will do. Hallelujah. So you cannot copy someone's life. You can't copy someone's marriage. You can't copy someone's marriage and leave your marriage, for instance. You can't say that I look at how they live and things are working for them and I want to live like that. You cannot copy someone's career. And say, how many of you have realized that this person did this sin? She did nursing. This one also did. I'm going to do nursing. And you realize it's not working for you. It's not working for you. You are going to see them. They come to work. They are all laughing. You are, every day you are angry when you come to work. When the patient rings the bell and says, I need my pain medication, you are throwing your hands. You are angry. And you don't see why this person, when the patient calls, they are happy. What is, you cannot copy someone's life for your life. Amen. You can't copy someone's life for your life. Hallelujah. 
You went to visit your friend for three days. You traveled, went to visit your friend and her husband for three days. And then you see how they are living. And then you, you see how the man, whenever they are sitting down, the man, they took you to a restaurant. You see the man comes to open the door for the wife. You see that as the woman is sitting down, the man will pull the chair for her. You see the man takes the woman's jacket off. And then when she's ready to put it on, she'll just put it on for her. And then you see all these things and then you put one and two together and say, my marriage, this marriage, this marriage. You cannot copy someone's life and transform it to your marriage and come home and then start fighting with your husband. This husband, what kind of husband are you? You don't pull your chair for me. You don't do this for me. You don't do that for me. You cannot copy someone's marriage. Now, the marriage that you were so happy about, you have just come home and you have destroyed it. The man came home and then he says, what is, what is wrong with your microwave? You need a new microwave. And you say, I have had my microwave for 15 years. And this man has never even thought about changing it for me. And look at this. This brand new microwave is thinking of changing it for her. I don't know the kind of marriage that I have. And then you are coming home angry. Just because you are copying someone's marriage into your own marriage. You cannot do that. He said, you, 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 you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You cannot copy. Amen. You cannot copy it. Hallelujah. Amen. And when you are born, as a newborn, as a newborn, you see your stage. As a newborn, Psalm 127 and verse 3. Psalm 127 and verse 3. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a heritage from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As a child, you are a heritage from the Lord. As a child, you are a heritage from the Lord. So if you have a child and you don't bring the child back to dedicate, because you don't know the word, you don't know the light for that child's life. You don't know it. It says, children, they are the heritage of the Lord. You are, you are holding the heritage of God. Amen. You are holding the heritage of God. And if you know the light, you know the word for this child that you are holding, you will not say awful things about this child. Because it's a heritage of the Lord. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Because if you don't know this, if you don't know this, you will think that children are man-made. You will think that we have to, we, we, we will do it. It is man-made. And so you will also think that you can get them anytime you want. You can get one whenever you want. Amen. And then you take for granted the fact that you have one. You take it for granted. You don't know that it is just a gift that was given you. That is a heritage of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's a heritage of the Lord. And whatever shape or form that he gives you, that is his heritage. That is his heritage. That is his gift for you. Cherish the gift. 
He will give you what it takes to care for that child. He will give you what it takes to raise that child. You need to know the lights for that child. You need to know the word of God concerning that child. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody here? Hallelujah. You have to know that it's a gift from God. Amen. So when you need one, you will know whom to ask. When you need one, you will know who gives this gift. And you go to that person who gives this gift. Amen. Isaac knew when to ask and whom to ask. Hallelujah. Genesis 25 and verse 21. Genesis 25 and verse 21. He said, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was interested in him, entreated of him. The Lord was entreated of him. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. When Isaac, when the Lord realized that Isaac's hopes, Isaac's hopes were not, Isaac was not entreating doctors. Isaac's hope was not in doctors, but he was entreating the Lord. He says, Isaac entreated, because of that, the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, even God will give you, God will lead you to a doctor. But in your mind, you know that this is an entreating of God. God will lead you to a doctor. You know, I remember my wife had a lot of problems with pregnancy. I think I've shared it with you many times. She had a lot of problems with pregnancy. Multiple miscarriages. Multiple miscarriages. And there was one time that a nurse came to her room. After she had lost a pregnancy, the nurse came. And the nurse said, here, take this number. When you leave here, call this doctor. That was it. We had seen doctors from doctors from doctors. That was it. That was it. Led to this doctor, and that was the end of the solution. You see, and today we look back and we say, that was an angel that came there. That was an angel that came there. And when you pray and you entreat of the Lord, when you pray and you entreat of the Lord, he says, God was also entreated of him. And Rebecca, his wife, conceived. So yes, we are pursuing the doctors, but we know whom we are entreating. Amen. God has something to say about every stage of your life. God has something to say about breastfeeding. As a child that you are born, God has something to say about breastfeeding. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse I believe verse 24, God, the Bible says that Hannah weaned off. It says, and when she had weaned off, when she had weaned him, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. God knows, you see, I am teaching you something. I'm coming to a point, but I want you to really follow me closely. That God has something to say about every stage of your life, how your life should be laid. That a child should receive breast milk. That a child should receive breast milk. So modern women who want their breasts to always look beautiful, and that they'll say that I don't want my breast to sag, 
And so you are not feeding your child. You have no idea what you are doing. You say formula. And the formula is similar to... Look, you can feed on breast milk. I say God has something for your life every stage. And there come a time also that you'll be weaned off. You can't stay on the breast forever. You have to be weaned off. That God also has said. You have to be weaned off. Because at some point, the breast is not yours. You have to win off. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Otherwise, you'll be seen as a bad child. Amen. You'll be seen as a bad child. Hallelujah. So the child is growing. The child is growing. And when you get to a stage where you say now you are a teenager, that you seem to know it all. You go to college or you are in high school and you seem to know it all and you seem to be stubborn and you seem not to have any respect for adults. God has something to tell you. In Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and let's read from verse 1. It says, children, obey your parents. You see, this is the stage where you are now. Now, every stage... God is telling you something. What you need to do to live. What you need to do to fulfill. You see, you need to know the light. You need to know the word. You need to know the manual for your life. What is written in that manual, that stage of your life. What is in that manual for that stage where you have no respect for adults. For the stage where you have no regard for adults. For the stage where you think you know it all. It says that children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. For this is right. And then it says, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Then verse 3, it says, that it may be well with thee. Your way of living that you are all going by what you think and what you know is not going to be well with thee. That you are going by what you believe is the right thing and what you think is the right thing and what you are expecting is not going to work well with thee. It says that this is how it's going to work well with thee. I am the Lord that formed thee. I knew your ruins before you were formed. I knew you in, even before you were conceived. And whilst you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew you when you were born as a child. And I'm telling you at this stage where you are, this is how you have to live your life. Obey your children or parents that it may be well with thee and that you may as live long on earth. Now, if you don't know this and you don't obey and you don't take this seriously and you are going by what you are seeing on TV and what you are hearing from friends, then it's not going to be well with thee and you are not going to live long on earth. It's the word of God. The one that made you. The one that formed you. Hallelujah. It's the word of God. Amen. It's the word of God. And then you grow. And then you are going to college. God has something to say about your college education. I said, God has something to say about your college education. Amen. Your college education to do well does not depend, does not depend, to do well does not depend on just how you alone, you study on your own and take God out of your life completely and not seek God. That is not how you are going to do well. 
Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. And let's read from verse 17. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 17. You see, this story is about, this story is about Daniel and his friends who were selected by King Nebuchadnezzar to be taught and to be fed, to become educated, to become learned, and to stand before the king in the king's palace. They were selected amongst the Gentiles. They were selected amongst people who do not believe in God, people who do not take this manual, people who don't regard this manual. So they put them all in a classroom. They were feeding them, feeding them good food to develop their brains, good food to give them that, that let them rest well, let them eat well, so they can study and become very intelligent. But there were another group who were focusing on the manual that is written for life. There was another group whose minds were on the manual that is written for life, whose focus was on the manual that man should live by. And the Bible says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. You see, so if you say, oh, because of my school, I, that's why I don't come to church on Sundays these days. You're making a big mistake. Because of school, that is why I'm not coming on a prayer line. Because of school, that is why I'm not singing. Because of school, that is why I don't have time for my quiet time. I have a lot of homework, and I need to study, so I don't have a lot of time for my quiet time. Because of school, I cannot fast. Because when I'm hungry, I cannot study. There were these other children who were doing just that. They were going by what the word of God says. And they were doing what the word of God says. And they were sitting in the same classroom with their classmates. And the Bible said, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge. God is the one that gives children knowledge. Your knowledge does not come by your professors. He says, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. God gave them that skill. The skill of learning, God gave it to them. The skill of managing your time, God gave it to them. He says, he gave them the knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse 18, he says, Now at the end of the days that the king had said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Now they brought them for a test. They brought them for their final examination before the king. So, yes, you, you were in church, you stayed in church, and you were doing things. You were, so you, your classmates were studying, and they were doing this, and you couldn't. At the end, when they sat all of you down to test you, the ones, Daniel and his colleagues, he says, he says and the king, where are you going? Is that where we are? He says, and now at the end of the days that the king has said he should bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them in before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And verse 19, he says, and the king communed with them. And among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. Your promotion is not going to come before by your professors. Your promotion is not going to come from the east. 
It's not going to come from the West. Your promotion is not going to come from beneath. But your promotion, it cometh from the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. So it says, so these children, they stood before the king. They stood before the king. And verse 20, it says, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the, queen, the king inquired of them, when the king was tested them of knowledge, of wisdom, of all matters, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in all of his realm. He found them ten times better than the scientists. He found them ten times better than the chemists. He found them ten times better than the people who were focusing on physics when you were in church. He found them ten times better than the people who were doing mathematics when you were in church. He found them ten times better. In all of his realm. Hallelujah. Is there another verse? Is there a 21? And he said, and Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyrus. You will maintain your job. King after kings, they are keeping you. They say they are keeping, they can't let you go. You are essential, essential employee in the company. Because of the God you serve. Because you are reading the manual for life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then God has something to tell parents also. Verse 7 of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature and admonition of the Lord. And God has given a lot of directions and instructions in the book of Proverbs. He says, my son, listen to me and do this. My son, thou shalt not do this. My son, hearken unto my voice. God has listed a lot of instructions for parents how to raise your children. Look, no book, there's no book that will teach you how to raise your children. There is no book. I'm telling you, the Bible is a manual for your life. Hallelujah. is a manual for your life. Amen. And as an adult, when you are grown as an adult, God has a whole lot of instructions listed for you. God has so much, so many instructions that are listed for you as an adult. Hallelujah. Now, ask yourself why? Why? There is so much written for the adult. There is so much that God has written for you. Every aspect of your life, everything that you seem to want to do, everything that you can think of, God has something to write about or to tell you in the manual. If you want to prosper, God has something to tell you. He will tell you how to prosper. He will tell you that the way to prosper is to owe no man. So don't have credit cards. God will tell you that. Don't owe American card, American Express. Don't owe Discover. Don't owe um, Visa. Don't owe them. That's the way to prosper. Amen. Amen. If you want to be poor also, God has a way. He says, you, if, if you are lazy and you are sleeping like a sluggard, you will remain poor. So, you see, God has a lot to say about the adults. God has a lot to tell you as an adult. Now, the reason why it's so critical, in particular for the adults, is that your decisions are so critical. The decision of an adult is so critical. You see, as a child, the child has someone to guide him. The child has someone to correct him. But you as an adult, no one can correct you. 
That is why you need a church. That is why you need a pastor. Hallelujah. Your mistakes can be very damaging. The decisions that you make that will be the wrong mistake, will be the wrong decision, wrong mistake, forgive. That will be the correct thing to do. I wish all of you can make the wrong mistakes. Hallelujah. So the, the wrong decisions that you make or take can be very critical. And so God makes sure that everything that you want to do, he has to write something about it. Now, you realize that the higher you go, the more critical your decisions become. Do you understand? You see, for a child that is crawling, the child that is crawling, that is on the ground, his decisions are not that critical. Her decisions are not that critical. You know, her decisions maybe pick a dead here and put diarrhea. You know, you get some diarrhea, you throw up, and then you are okay. Do you see? Now, when you grow up, when you grow up and you are walking, your decisions become a little more critical. You are crossing the road can be more critical. Your driving can be critical. Do you understand? So decisions that you make driving can be critical. As you are going higher, as you are growing, decisions that you make become critical. Now, when you take flying now, flying, you cannot, there's no room for mistakes. You can't afford to make mistakes as you fly. The higher you go, your decisions become very critical. And so they don't give, the, you don't go to the driving license, the motor vehicle, and just say you want to fly, and then they'll give you a license, you know, to fly. Because decisions that you make, they are very critical. And so as you are flying, they have precise instructions for every move that you make. Well-calculated instructions. And as an adult, God has well-calculated instructions for every move and every decision that you take. Amen. Because your decision is very critical. Your decisions are very, very critical. Hallelujah. The higher you go, the more serious are your instructions. Amen. Now you realize that anytime a manual is written for anything, when they write a manual for anything, it is to make you operate that thing in its or at its optimum level meaning to operate it as its best. If you will follow the instructions in the manual, you can operate that thing as its optimum, as its best. You know, a lot of us have these gadgets, these phones and all sorts of things. I mean, they, it, they can do so many things. But the reason why we don't know all the things that they can do is because we don't take the time to read the manual that are given with the phones. All you want to know is that you can text, you can receive texts, you can receive phone calls, and you can receive your emails and check, take pictures. That is the first thing. In fact, that is the first thing you try, to take pictures and see if you can send it to somebody. And once you're able to do that, the rest, you are okay. So there's so many things that this can do. In fact, recently I just learned that you can use this to fax documents to people. You can use this to send documents in its original form that the person will receive the form as the original document or similar to the original document. Do you understand? Just by reading a little more. Hallelujah. 
So the manual that is written for your life, it is to make you operate in your optimum level. Unfortunately, a lot of you are operating in a very suboptimal level because you have totally ignored this manual. Your way of even coming to hear the manual read shows that you don't value the manual. Amen. That is why many of us are operating at a very suboptimal level. Hallelujah. Now, the other thing that the manual is written for is to avoid you making try and error. To try and error. And that is what a lot of us do when we buy gadgets. We try to turn it on this way, and if it doesn't work, we pl- unplug it. And then see, let it cool down, a little, and then plug it again. And then, you see that it's frozen. So try and error. We do try and error a lot. Now, try and error can cause fatal mistakes. It can be very costly. Amen. Amen. Sometimes the mistakes that you make can be very costly. You went to buy a TV and didn't read the manual, and then you say, it's very nice, so I want to take it to my house that I have built in, wherever. And it's a 110-volt TV, but you just look at it, and it's very nice. So you bought the TV, and then give to the person who ships things, and then the person ships it to whatever country, where it is 220 volts or something, and then you realize that this thing has cost you money, and the only reason was because you didn't read the manual. That's the only reason. Amen. And that is how a lot of us take decisions in life. We take a lot of decisions not regarding the manual, not consulting the one who made us, not consulting the one who has written a manual concerning that area of our lives. And we take decisions, we make a lot of mistakes. Hallelujah. So you think that any TV is a TV. TV is a TV. As long as I can plug it in, it should show. So you say, as for men, men are men, you know. So you, men are men. So you are looking for the one that looks nice. Men are men. So all that you are looking for is the one that looks nice. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So because you think men are men. You don't consult what the one who made you says about a man that should be your husband or the kind of man that is worth marrying. You will not consider the, one, the manual, but you are looking at men are men. TV is a TV. Every man is a man. So if I'm choosing one, let me just choose one that is nice. The one that looks nice to me. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So you choose one. You say... Girls are girls, so I'm looking for one who is nice, nice looking, who has certain kind of shape, body shape. That is what you want. Not consulting the manual, not thinking of the manual, not reading the manual at this stage of your life. That you are taking a decision and a manual has been written concerning this decision, but you are disregarding it. Amen. Hallelujah. So you realize you need a manual. You need a manual to make any decision in life. Psalm 119 and verse 105. Psalm 119 and verse 105. I'm going to end somewhere and then we will continue next time. But uh, I just want to take you somewhere 
that, um, hallelujah. Psalm 109, 19 and verse 105. It says, thy word is a lamp unto whose feet? Whose feet? Say mine, my feet. Say not your feet, but my feet. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Come on, let us read this together. One, two, three, go. Read it one more time again. Hallelujah. What is a lamp unto your feet? The word of God. The word of God. And what is a light in your path? It is a light in your path. It is a lamp unto your feet. Now you realize that the feet you have, you own your feet. Amen. What are feet meant for? Walking. So as long as you have your feet, you are going to walk. As long as you have your feet, you are going to walk. Now, you are going to walk either in light or you are going to walk in darkness. The only way you are going to walk in light is when you have the word of God. Amen. That is the only way. Hallelujah. How many of you have literally walked in darkness before? Literally. You know, there was no light and then you walked. Amen. Sometimes when you walk in darkness, you can get hurt. Sometimes when you walk in darkness, you can stumble. When you are walking in darkness, you are doing trial and error. When you don't have the word of God, you are living your life by trial and error. When you don't have the light, you can bump into something and stumble and fall. And sometimes the injury that you sustain, the scar can be permanent. Hallelujah. When you don't have the word of God and you take a step, you can have significant injury that can be a permanent injury so God says take my word concerning this path that you are taking take my word concerning this direction take my word concerning this path that you want to walk because for the walking you are going to walk you own it what you do not own is the light and the light you have to search for it you have to seek the light and bring that light into your life Bring that light to shine in your path so that you can walk without that damage. So you can walk without that injury. Amen. Because the walking you will walk. Hallelujah. You can stumble on something and sustain a permanent scar. Some of you have walked in the darkness. Some of you have taken certain decisions in darkness. You did not know and you just walked into that path. And you have sustained certain injuries. And now that damage, that scar is hurting you. 
Some of you are sitting every day you rise up. I could see a show me pa. That means this man has done me wickedly. Every day you rise up from your bed. Ah, ah. Certain damage, certain damage because you made a decision in darkness. Because you took that step in darkness and it has sustained a permanent scar. There are some of you, the scar is so damaging that you don't even want to hear about a man anymore. Because you stepped out in darkness. Hallelujah. You step out in darkness. He says, the word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light in my path. In my path of marriage, this is the word. In my path of prosperity, I will take this word. In my path of relationship, I will take this path. In the path of finding a job, I will take the light that is in that path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light in my path. Amen. So take marriage for instance. You are going to marry. You know, how many of you agree with me? that you are better off not taking any step if you don't have a light. You are better off standing still and not taking any step if you don't have a light. You know, because sometimes the damage, the damage that you sustain, that in that darkness, the damage that you sustain, it can paralyze you. It can make you never want to make any move anymore. There are some of you who have made a decision never to marry again because you took a decision in darkness and it has caused certain damage in your life and you are paralyzed as far as marriage is concerned. You don't want to make a move anymore. But I'm here to tell you that there is light that can shine in that path. I'm here to tell you that there is light that can shine in that path. Amen. Look at some of the biblical reasons I was sharing with these people about some of the biblical reasons for marriage. It says to solve the problem of loneliness. That is a biblical reason for marriage. To solve the problem of loneliness. The Bible says, and the Lord God said in Genesis 2 verse 18, it is not good that the man should be alone. The Lord God, you see, when you don't have this manual, you have no idea what the Lord God said about why she's giving, he's giving a woman to a man. Because you don't have the light. He says, and the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. I will make him and help meet for him. That means that the Lord God looked at the man. He saw the man and he realized that the man has a lot of deficiencies. The man alone is incomplete. He needs help. He needs help. Hallelujah. So he looked and said, I am going to make him a help meet for him. This man, this man, a help meet for him. It's not a general help meet for all, but a help meet for him. Amen. So you can't just close your eyes and 
make A, B, C, D, E, F, and just choose one and say, help is help. Woman is a help meet. I'll choose this one. He says he made help meet for him. Specifically. Amen. So the Lord God saw the loneliness of man. The Lord God saw the loneliness of man. And now you are married, you get, you get into the marriage not knowing that you were made to be a help to solve loneliness. One. You were made because there was a need for company. And every day you pick up your bag, I'm going with my friends. I'm going shopping with my friends. Every day. Uh, we, we, are going, we are going vacation in Jamaica. This is girls, girls, girls. Girls what? This is a girls thing. I'll be leaving on Friday and I'll be coming back on Sunday. There was a need for company. There was a need for company. And because you were entering this relationship, not having that light, you are not fulfilling that part of that light in your life. You are in darkness. Amen. So your husband says, honey, um, we are having, um, we are having a, um, uh, the, the, the executive party this Sunday, this Saturday, and so I want to take you. Oh, I'm not going. I have to go and do my hair, and I have to do this, and I have to go. I, I, I'm not going. You were made a help to accompany, to not create loneliness in the man's life. And when you make that void, when you take that away, the man was not made to be lonely. The man was not created to be lonely. The Lord God saw the man and said, it is not good for the man to be alone. So in you pulling off and not giving that company, that man is going to find that company somewhere. Because he was never designed to be lonely. He was never designed to be lonely. So, so, so the shoe, the shoe doesn't match the dress. You say, I was not made for shoe to match dress. I was made to accompany you. I will put this shoe on and be a company to you because I don't want you to be alone. I don't want you to be lonely. That dress is old, but I don't care. That dress was not made to keep you company. I am the one that's supposed to keep you company. So I'll wear that old dress and I will still give you company. And I'll go with you. Because if you take that company away. God saw that it's not good for the man to be alone. When the man is alone, things are not right. Amen. And the man, the man sat, the man felt in himself. He knew because when that company came, when the company came, he says, mm, Now, this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. Ah. He said, Where were you? Ah, I was alone. Where were you? This is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. Come on, let us go. Come on, let us go. I need that company. He says, I need that company. I need that company. 
Hallelujah. So you are entering the relationship without the light. You are entering the relationship in darkness, not knowing. And so you are fighting every day because you don't know your role. You don't know your role. In the, you don't know your role in the relationship of the one who created it, the one who made you, who has brought you to this stage and say, now you can be called a wife. You don't know your role. Amen. And so the husband who does not also know the role and who does not understand why the woman was made to be with you, why the woman was made to accompany you, you just take your briefcase and then you say, I'm going for an executive meeting and I'm going to Florida and I'll be back in three days and I'll see you in four days. The Lord said, you are walking in darkness and you do not know that the woman was supposed to be your companion. She was supposed, she was supposed to be your company. She was supposed to go with you. So whether it is Florida, I'm coming with you. Whether it is Jamaica, I'm coming with you. Whether is in Bermuda, I'm coming with you. Wherever you are going, I'm coming with you. You say, how many tickets did you buy? Why did you buy one ticket? You can go. I'm going with you. Buy another one. Amen. Look. My time is up. I have too much to share with this church. There is too much that I need to share with this church. So, we will pause here. We will pause here. And I will continue next time that we meet. Stand to your feet. We will continue next time we meet. We need time to continue on the way. Stand to your feet. And tell the Lord, Lord, I have walked in darkness. I have walked in darkness. I have taken certain decisions in darkness. Lord, shine your light. Shine your light in our paths. Let the word come with understanding. Lord, give me that desire to have my quiet time. To study the word. To know the light. Father, concerning this decision, give me the light. Give me a word concerning this decision that I'm taking. Give me a word. You say, your word is a light. Your word is a lamp. Let a lamp shine. Let a lamp fall on my feet. Let a light shine in my path. Every path that I take, every step I make, every move that I make, let the word of God be my light. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Oh, let it shine. Before you're so easy to adore. You are so easy to let your voice shine in our lives, oh Jesus. I want to love you more. Let your voice shine. Let the word shine. It is a light indeed. It's a lamp in our path. We will not make any move. We will not take a step without your word. We will not make any decision. We will not leave your manual alone. We will not neglect your manual. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 
Oh Jesus. You say your word is a life. Your word is a life. Let the light shine. Let the light shine. Lord, I want to Lord, I want to love you. Father, that is what has brought us where we are today. 
But Lord, we ask, oh God, heal us. Heal these wounds. Let your mercies be renewed. For we were ignorant, oh God. And you say, at our ignorance, oh God, you wink. Therefore, Lord, wink at our ignorance. Wink at the mistakes that we made in our ignorance. And we pray, Lord, let your word shine. Let the light shine. You say your word is a light. It is a lamp. Let the lamp be on our feet. And let the light shine in our paths. We pray, oh God, may we never walk in darkness anymore. Lord, may we never take any step when we don't have your word. But we pray, oh God, in every step that we take, give us your word. Give us direction. You say we should not lean on our own understanding. We shall not lean on the worldly wisdom. We shall not lean on what we have seen. But Lord, we shall lean on you. And you will direct our path. We thank you, Jesus. We glorify your name. And we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If there is anyone here. This afternoon. there is anyone here. You have not given your life to Jesus. And you want to come to Jesus. You want to give your life to Christ. You say. Lord. I want to invite you into my life. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive the Lord Jesus into my life. If that is you, if that is your decision this afternoon, I want to give you that opportunity to give your life to Christ. He will restore. He says he will make you a brand new person, a brand new woman, a brand new man. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus, just lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Anyone here like that? To receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You want to invite Jesus into your life. You want to be born again. If you were to die today, you are not certain of where you are going. But this afternoon, you want to welcome Jesus into your life. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Father, we are thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus We thank you for the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com